Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Before we start today's episode, I want to tell you about a wonderful little art book created by women for women that packs a big punch. It's called Know You're Crazy. And let's face it, we all have our own crazy. And in this beautiful collection of Vivian Beauchera's art prints, her little mad women as she calls them, art comes to life in the most delightful and relatable way. Learn more at knowyourcrazy.net. Welcome to today's episode of the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour. I'm Cheryl Benton, and we all love our pets. And there's nothing worse than seeing our pets in pain or watching them decline as they age. And I'm so excited today because our guest is Dr. Tori Countner. She's a veterinarian and founder of the Balanced Pet Vet, which is located in San Diego. And she focuses on really holistic and integrative uh, medicine for our pets. And some of the techniques she uses sound positively human, like acupuncture, laser treatments, and massage. Her goal is to educate people on a more balanced approach to medicine, lifestyle, and to help and strengthen that really important bond with our pets. So welcome, Dr. Tori. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. So a lot of us uh, are aware of holistic and integrative medicine for humans, but it's really not something we hear a lot for, about for pets. So can you tell us what integrative veterinarian medicine is about and how did you get into this area? Sure. So Integrative medicine is a blend of Western, so, you know, your typical Western veterinary um, clinic and uh, Eastern medicine or more natural medicine. Um, so combining the two, you know, using the best of both worlds to really get um, at all of the systems and issues that we deal with when trying to treat our pets. Um, and I got into it, um, I was working uh, in general practice for a few years and I saw how older dogs were really declining because of arthritis or pain, you know, hip dysplasia, these chronic issues. And they would have, you know, they would be living with heart disease or kidney disease. Um, but what would ultimately be their downfall would be this pain um, from the arthritis and mobility and losing um, control of their bladder. So I looked into other alternatives besides just throwing pain meds at them. And, you know, I found acupuncture and I had been doing that on myself or receiving it um, and physical therapy and, and different types of modalities you could do at home and in the clinic to really help them have a better quality of life and, and live a little bit longer um, and get off some of the medications that have a little bit of uh, detrimental side effects. So um, it was just seeking out a different way and a, um, 
I don't want to say a better way, but just a more whole approach to treating the animal. Well, that is so great. And I really love it. I mean, we're, we're still looking at that as humans, you know, there's still not a lot of doctors still actually doing, you know, I mean, there are a lot more of them than there used to be who are (laughs) holistic and integrative, but um, do you see this as a trend now that's growing with, with veterinarians? I definitely more of you out there, I hope. (laughs) Yes, yes, there's more and more. um, And a lot of veterinarians are very open to other modalities, you know, so, um, you know, of course, we want to treat the underlying issue. And, um, you know, we can start with pain medication or, um, you know, whatever medications are needed, but also pairing that with um, some more holistic or some, some alternative approaches, supplements, diet change, um, again, acupuncture, I'm obviously a big proponent of that. Oh, well, I love that. So <laughs> let's talk about that. And I want to talk about all these things because I think it's mm-hmm. so important. The acupuncture piece, though, I'll just tell tell our listeners a little quick story because I've seen how it works with the pet. And this is actually going back um, a few years ago now, probably at least 10 years ago, we had a very large lab. He was like a hundred pound lab. And we were living in Manhattan at the time. And when he got to be around 12, he was really starting to have a lot of problems with his hips and it was making it difficult for him to walk. And my husband was actually out walking him in the city one day. And this woman came up with her dog and they're chatting and she said, oh, I see your dog is having some issues. And he said, yes. And she said, well, I have this wonderful veterinarian who does acupuncture. And she gave my husband his name. And Mm -hmm. it it was extraordinary. I mean, he lived another two years. He lived to be actually over 14, which for a big man is that was a very long and it it made such a difference in the quality of his of his life. So so tell us about acupuncture and how you're using it uh, and different things that you can do with acupuncture. I mean, we we did it just for his hips, but I think there's other other things you could use it for too. Correct. Right. Yeah. I mean, the um, the main thing I use it for in my patients is something like hip arthritis or um, you know hip dysplasia and chronic pain. Um, because they hide it until they absolutely can't anymore. So um, that's a lot of that's a lot of what my patients um, I see my patients for. Um, I also have a couple of patients that have chronic seizures, um, and so uh, it helps with seizure control. You know, along with some. Um, sometimes we do have to put them on Western medicine, but that it can decrease the dose or the frequency that we need to give the Western medicine. Um, anxiety, that's a huge one, especially, um, I'm seeing a lot of uh, anxious dogs out there with the, the change in everybody's, um, you know, home life and work life. Um, their routine has changed. So we're seeing that, a lot of anxiety. Wow, that's really very interesting. Because I would have thought that dogs would, you know, they love being around us and that the more time they spend with us, they would be happier. But maybe we're, maybe they don't want to spend this much time with us. Right. I think they also feel our vibes of our anxiety. But, um, you know, and it's also a lot of people are starting now to kind of go out into the world and separation anxiety has really, really increased or in a couple of my patients gotten worse. Yes. so, you know, there's a, there's a couple of, of things that play there, but yeah, anxiety, seizures, um, pain, 
Um, also just balancing the body. So acupuncture really uses the, the own system and the own body to heal itself and balance out hormones. Um, you know, like I said, uh, anxiety or just kind of stress. Um, and a lot of my clients that I've known forever and their older dogs have, um, since passed on. And when they get new puppies, they say, Hey, like, let's, you know, keep this puppy, uh, you know, balanced and preventing issues. Um, so like metabolically, it can really help kind of decrease, um, uh, big issues, or if they do have chronic, um, ailments or metabolic, um, illnesses that can help either reduce the symptoms or signs, um, and help them through some, uh, some tough times, you know, offsetting chemotherapy side effects is a big one as well. Um, you know, basically just increasing, I just tell my clients, like increasing the quality of life, it's not going to hurt them at all. Right. Worst case scenario, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so people are really willing to try and everybody sees good results. And, you know, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun for me to see that. And for me to see that human animal bond kind of reignite again. Well, that is so wonderful. And as I said, I've, I've personally seen the, uh, the impact that it that it can make. So then you have something else that I am not at all familiar with you have to tell us about is cold laser. So what is that? And what do you use that treatment for? So um, cold laser, um, it's, it's labeled cold laser, even though they admit kind of a warm light, but it's not as hot as some of the surgical laser lasers that can cut through tissue. So um, my machine is a class four laser and that just kind of is how many, how much energy it outputs basically, but it uses infrared light on certain body parts. And you calculate, you know, if I was treating your lab, like you said, with the, um, hip issues, I would put in, you know, he's a hundred pounds. Um, you know, his coat is medium length, you know, his coat is light or dark, and I'm going to treat the hip area. And it basically calculates how much light energy needs to go into that area to excite the cells to help heal the cells, decrease inflammation, because arthritis is inflammation of the joints. Um, and it also decreases muscle tension, because it's not just the, the joint that's affected, you know, and then angriness of the joint and the flaring up of the joint. It's the tendons, it's the ligaments, it's the muscles, it's the fascia, it's everything in that area. Um, so the cold laser helps to basically, um, you know, long story short, um, it basically helps to decrease inflammation and therefore promotes healing um, in, in specific areas that you're targeting. Well, that is really fascinating. I just, I just love that. And then there's another technique it's a massage. I'm going to let you pronounce it because I know I will not pronounce it right. But I was fascinated, fascinated looking at your website because you have some um, some videos of, of mm -hmm. using this. So tell us one what it's called. Pronounce the correct way, and then I'm, what is I it? Mean, I hope I'm pronouncing it the correct way. Um, it's gua sha, so it's G U A space S H A. Um, and it's an ancient technique, just like, you know, acupuncture is in massage and um, a lot of these alternative therapies. Um, but it basically uh, takes a stone, a gua sha stone. And um, if you kind of slide it on the skin, it's, it's hard to describe um, over just, you know, verbally. Um, but if you slide it over the skin and for my animals, I mainly do it with the, the hair coat. So over the back and some um, muscle areas, it helps to massage and kind of get 
at the underlying fascia um, or that connective tissue that lies underneath the skin, um, over the muscles, but it's the fascia is basically all around um, your body. So it's similar to foam rolling. So I don't know if you've ever foam rolled. I have a tight IT band that I foam roll and it feels good, but also like really, really hurts, but it helps to release that, um, you know, those, those, uh, muscles and those soft tissues in the fascia, um, and helps for better mobility, decreases pain. So this technique that I use, um, it can be used pretty much anywhere in the body, um, and using the gua sha tool, that little stone, um, and, you know, going over the neck, that can be points of pain. And it just really helps relieve tension, relieve uh, muscle knots. Um, fascia has in it um, uh, blood vessels and lymph um, and nerves. And so it basically helps with circulation, lymphatic drainage, um, you know, decreasing pain by decreasing those uh, kind of nerve spasms that can cause the, the nerve um, nerve pain. Um, so basically is a really fun technique that I have used and I teach to my clients because a lot of them, um, are a little bit wary about coming to see me or having me in their home because of COVID. Um, but also using it in between appointments too. And it's a really great, great way to, to get out the muscle tension and, and ease their pain. Well, I love that. Cause that was something I was going to ask you if it was something we could learn to do ourselves. Um, and as I said, you have some wonderful videos at your website and how, where do you get these little stones from? So, um, I, so I'm in the process of trying to develop my own, um, okay. I love the wildling, um, brand. So it came about where it just came into popularity a couple of years ago because you can use it on your face and it helps decrease tension in your face and also helps with wrinkles. So oh. that's positive <laughs> too. Yeah. And, um, so I, you know, started doing that on my own face. Um, and I was like, Oh, this feels so good on my face. Like, let me just try it on my, my own dogs and my French bulldog, who is just a total, he won't, he will barely let me put any acupuncture needles in, but he will let me gua sha massage him any time of day. Um, so I was like, Oh, maybe I'll try it on my clients. And so it, it really was beneficial. And I saw some, some good outcomes. Um, but anyway, you can get the wildling stone. Um, you know, you can just Google them or I do like herbivore, uh, botanicals, their stones. Um, I like the heart shaped ones. That's pretty universal for, uh, you know, everything from like a little chihuahua to a great Dane. Um, but yeah, I'm in the, in the process of developing my own, depending on, uh, you know, what's going on with your dog and what size dog you have. So I hope to get that out in the next few months. Oh, that's so terrific. And I love that because we could do our face and then massage our pets. Exactly. <laughs> and it just is such a, that's such a bonding thing too, I think, to do with your pet, mm -hmm. you know, and they just, you know, it's a calming thing, I think, for pets and, and their owners too. Yeah. So I, I really, really love that. So, so let's talk a little bit about nutrition for our mm -hmm. pets, because I know that there's, you, you, we, we, I've read so many different articles and opinions on what makes up a good pet food, aside from making your own, which uh, probably would be good, but uh, a lot of us it would be so, great, but I, yeah. I, I don't, I barely cook for myself. Exactly. You know? So yeah. how, what, so what should we be looking for? What, what, what's important when we look at that ingredient list or however you approach that? 
Right. So the first thing I say is that there is no one size fits all diet for dogs, just like there's no one size fits all diet for humans. So I think that is a fundamental, um, you know, something basic that we all need to understand. So what's going to work for my dogs might not work for your dogs. Um, so looking at the basic ingredient list, you want it to be AFCO approved, which is basically, um, uh, pet food has to go through some rigorous, um, standards of, you know, does it meet the minimal, um, protein, fat, carbohydrate, um, uh, requirements for dogs and plus the vitamins and minerals because they have different requirements than humans do. Um, so that's something that you should look at. There is, there's, I mean, there's so much to talk about on food, but I, I know a lot of people are concerned about grain free and causing cardiac disease. Um, they don't think it is leaving out the grains, but putting in legumes like peas, garbanzo beans, um, potatoes, lentils, that type of thing back into the food that isn't organic and has been treated with, um, I'm not going to say this right, but uh, glyphosate, um, mm -hmm. basically Roundup. Um, which interferes with one of the amino acids that helps um, the building block of, um, you know, essential amino acids. And they think that is causing um, uh, the cardiac disease. So I tell clients, if you're going to get grain free, um, make sure it's organic. If they are adding in the lentils, the garbanzo beans, the other legumes in there within the first five ingredients, um, that's, that's basically a good rule of thumb when you're looking at the ingredients list, you know, does it have those, the legumes within the first five um, ingredients on the back of the package? Um, if it does, I would kind of, I would stay clear from there unless it's organic. So there's, you know, organics with an X um, that food is all organic. And I do believe they have grain free, um, you know, with those legumes in there. Um, you want to make sure that, um, you know, it's a quality brand. Um, also, a lot of people that don't cook for their dogs, they think you either have to cook for their dogs or feed them kibble. Um, but you could do kibble, you could do canned, and you could add, you know, real whole foods, like top dress it on top of the kibble. Um, you could substitute dog processed treats with carrots, cucumbers, berries, bananas, um, steamed veggies, you know, lean meats to get a good nutrient profile. Um, and not have to, you know, worry about cooking for them or worry about breaking the bank of, um, you know, buying uh, prepackaged fresh dog food um, that's cooked. Like Just Food for Dogs is a wonderful company, but again, if you have a hundred pound lab, that can get pretty expensive. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So I always tell my clients, you know, if as long as it's a good quality food and it's just so hard, unless we're sitting down with each kind of food to talk about what's good quality, but I'm all for just top dressing, whatever you're feeding your dog, you know, with a little bit of blueberries, a cooked egg, um, some lean meats, you know, they should get everything from the earth. Um, you know, just like, just like we do like good whole foods is, right. is the best nutrition. So it sounds like healthy food that we would eat is, is okay yeah. to add in, in with their with their dog food. Definitely. Yeah. Cause it's like, if we ate, you know, protein bars every single day for food, yes, it's balanced. And yes, we're getting, you know, quote unquote, all the nutrients we need, but we all know that that's not the healthiest thing. So adding in a handful of, of fresh fruits, veggies, lean meats, um, is going to really, really be beneficial for, for your pets overall long-term health. 
So let's talk about snacks a little bit. And, and I have to say, my I'm a little guilty on the snack front with my two dogs. Uh -huh. they, like, they know to come to me for the snacks and not my husband because they know they can sit and bark at me and I'll do something. So, um, and I've probably given them a lot of stuff they, sh they shouldn't eat. But let's talk about snacks and what makes a, a healthy snack. And if we're buying, you know, pet snacks, what should we look for? Sure. I always say if you want to buy, you know, store-bought snacks, that's totally fine. Just make sure it's made in the U.S. or Canada. Those are the two places that I really trust. Um, and look for the most simple ingredients, you know, like peanut butter and what was it, like peanut butter and molasses or sweet potato and oats, just really simple ingredients. Um, there are some great, um, you know, if you go to more like specialty uh boutique um dog food places they do have they can have like local companies making like you know just um there's a lot of like sweet potato because that's kind of easy to make um you know bananas that type of thing but i would look for simple ingredients made in the made in canada usa organic if possible that's not always possible um or again you know you can feed your dog pretty much almost anything um bananas berries um I poured a little kefir on my uh, dog's food this morning. That's the kind of like probiotic dairy uh, uh, um, food that helps with, that has like a lot of probiotics in it. Um, but my dogs can tolerate that. So always introduce something slow. Um, you know, they can eat anything except grapes, like no grapes, no raisins, right. no onions, no coffee, no xylitol, no cacao. Um, I've even made my dogs to, so they can get some more like greens and spinach in. I'll make a smoothie with like a handful of spinach, a banana, some blueberries, a little bit of almond butter. Um, and I'll either like pour a little bit in their food bowls or during the summer, I'll put them in ice cube trays. And that's like a little fun treat. Oh, uh, that's a great idea. I love that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and I, sometimes we'll sneak in some turmeric um just because they won't obviously eat it on their own so um and some parsley too so it's 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 kind of fun to get them to eat things in like a smoothie form or um or if you you know fill it with ice cube trays but the simpler you know the more simple ingredient the better yeah well i love all those ideas for healthier snacks for them <laughs> so what about supplements when should should we give dogs a supplement or when do we know if they need a supplement? Where, where do you stand on that? Yeah. So, um, unfortunately a lot of dog foods, um, a lot of kibble that say, Oh, we have added probiotics and fish oils. They may have added that, but is it really bioavailable once they process it, once they're, they put it in the bag and once the dog eats it, how much of that are they actually getting? Um, so for my own dogs, and I talk about this to my clients, and if, you know, I would talk to your veterinarian specifically, um, but I always say the, the two that I really, um, I really try and get people to always give to their animals are fish oil and a probiotic. Um, so the fish oil is going to be really good for the coat health, skin health, brain health as well, um, and just overall systemic inflammation. Um, probiotics are great. Um, you know, uh, just one of my dogs has a super sensitive stomach. And so that kind of decreases the frequency of that. 
Um, also joint supplements are huge. I see, I see so much arthritis, um, in my practice. And they say something like 80% of dogs over the age of seven or eight have arthritis. Mm. Um, so especially the bigger dogs, starting them at about a year of age on a really good joint supplement, um, is going to be super helpful for the future. And then of course there's specific supplements if they have, you know, developed kidney disease or some liver issues, um, you know, just kind of depending on what's, what's going on. But again, I really like the fish oil, uh, probiotic and joint supplement kind of as a standard, uh, supplement regimen. So do you have to use, um, a special one formulated just for pets or you can, or can you use a human, uh, supplement? Yeah. I mean, it's easier. So for fish oils, there's a lot of great, um, brands out there. Um, I usually recommend Nordic naturals because a lot of human or a lot of my clients take that and they have a Nordic naturals for pet. It's just a lot easier for dosing. Um, and, uh, dogs, they can't process like flaxseed oil or other plant-based oils as well as they can process fish or marine. So I always say, you know, just go with with a good fish oil to get those good omega threes, um, probiotics. If you, there are some great canine ones out there. Um, if you just want to start today and you don't have one, then you can use, if it, if dogs are under 40 pounds, use half the human dose. If they're 40 pounds or over use the full human dose of the probiotic. Well, that's really, that's great to know. So let's, let's just talk a little bit about lifestyle. So do you find that your human dog owners who maybe don't have such a great lifestyle, pass that on to their dogs. And how important is exercise and all those great things that we look to do as humans, hopefully, uh, how important is that to our pets too? Yeah, it's definitely important. Exercise is, is huge. You know, rest is rust, motion is lotion. So if they're sitting around all day, yeah, they're going to have like sore joints, they're going to be a little bit stiffer. Um, You know, even if they do have arthritis, just like a nice walk around the block to get everything moving, it's going to be great for circulation. It's also going to be great for their mental health, like dogs love to sniff and explore. Um, My old dog, Lenny, we would go a block and it would take us like an hour because number one, (laughs) he wouldn't be able to go very fast. But number two, he just loved to sniff. And that was his quote unquote, exercise for the day. Um, so I do think that's super important and tailoring it to your dog's needs, you know, depending on if they have ailments or not. Um, but a lot of people, they want to take better care of themselves. And so now they're asking, how can I take better care of my dogs, you know, and how can we do that at home? So, you know, starting again with top dressing their food with some whole real food, um, you know, getting them out and stimulating them mentally, you know, not just like a quick jog, but um, around the block, but letting them sniff things or doing food puzzles at home, um, or learning new tricks or, you know, going new places. So, um, that's, that's great for their mental stimulation, especially as their, um, you know, brain function kind of slows down at the end of their life, they can get dementia just like humans. Um, and one of the ways we can offset that is just stimulating their, you know, all of their senses in different ways. Um, Yeah. And one of the best ways for, for us humans to get exercise is by actually having a dog exactly. and going out and doing those wonderful walks. And there's something exactly. about 
And it's so much more fun walking with a dog than walking on your own. Cause you're right. They have, there's so much joy that they experience in everything when they're outside that I think that makes, makes we humans a lot happier too. Right. So um, I do have another question for you before, uh, before we close. And I, I'm a big believer in rescue dogs. I have two now and, you know, I've had rescue dogs before this. And I know that during the pandemic, which was the good thing. A lot of the shelters actually emptied out. People adopted dogs. Hopefully they'll mm-hmm. stay with everyone <laughs> after some right. of these people have to go back to work. But in a lot of situations, people aren't actually able to meet the dogs in advance and some shelters won't even let you do that. So if you are looking to adopt a dog right now, how do you make that decision when you, you know, finding the dog that would be right for you and and your family when you're, and of course, a lot of times they kind of fudge what the, like every shelter dog is a lab, basically. Exactly. The descriptions, right. (laughs) (laughs) And I I have a friend, I'll give you an example. I have a friend recently who has a a rescue dog and I'm, I think he's now about two, but I forgot what they were told he was. Well, it turns out when he became an adolescent, they actually discovered he was a hound dog because he developed oh, his howl. Of course. <laughs> and fortunately, they love his howl and, they, and, yeah. they're, and they're having fun with that. So are there, is there anything we could be looking for if we're, if we're picking out a dog that way? Yeah. You know, I think also realizing what you as a family can handle. You know, can you handle a big dog, a small dog? Also, um, how much time do you have? I know it's a little bit different right now in terms of COVID and people working or not working or more working from home and, you know, the kids are home. Um, but understanding expectations, um, expectations of, yes, I can handle one dog or, you know, a hundred pound dog. That's totally fine. So understanding what, what you can, what you guys are capable of, of, of as a family. Um, it's difficult because some rescues or some uh, shelters um, don't do a trial period. So I always try and advocate for a trial period, you know, five days, see how everybody gets along. If you have other pets in the household, how do they get along? You know, don't be um, shy about asking for that trial period. Uh, It's really difficult to, to see how the dogs in the shelters are going to be at home. They're it's usually night and day. The shelters are a little bit scary place and, you know, they're not confident. And so once they gain their confidence in in the home, you know, they may develop or um, their personality may come out a little bit more. I am a huge advocate for trainers and good training right off the bat, setting boundaries, setting rules in your house. Um, It's going to be much better in the long run if they, you know, have a good recall. So when you call their name, they come back knowing their limits, letting them know that you're the alpha in the house. And um, so, you know, it's hard to predict what dogs are gonna be like, but having a good trainer in place, um, knowing what you guys can handle as a family or, you know, um, somebody living on their own. um, I think those are some, you know, and hopefully doing a trial. I think those are some good, great things to think about of like, yes, this dog needs training and I can't handle more than a 40 pound dog. Or, you know, we have to walk up three flights of stairs to get up to my build or, you know, in my building. Um, what happens when that hundred pound lab 
has really bad arthritis, you know, so just kind of thinking those things through from puppyhood to seniorhood, which a lot of people don't think about, um, you know, is good too, but a good trainer, um, I think the, they're, you know, worth their weight in gold, but you find a good trainer and, and knowing how to implement that at home and setting good boundaries. Absolutely. Well, this has been such fabulous information today, really, Dr. Tori. I just love everything that you've said in this whole uh, approach to really looking at your your dog's lifestyle and health, the, you know, hopefully as, as you look at your own and keeping our pets healthier with us longer and, and, and healthier as, as they age too, which is something we humans all want to do too. So hopefully, hopefully our pets will get that. So people can learn more about you at, uh, at your website, which is balancedpetvet.com. And and there are some great resources there and videos. People will really learn a lot more on the topic and they can follow you on Instagram and Facebook. And we'll make sure to put those links into our show notes. So I just thank you so much. This has been just really such a great fun conversation. So we're going to have to have you back again. (laughs) Of course. Yes. I, I love talking about dogs and all animals. So I'm happy to do so. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you very much.